are here for a reason. This news just in. We are your news now. Right on radio. For continuous coverage, the latest information, separate fact from opinion. Get the truth. Get the news. You're listening to Right on Radio. You are here for a You are indeed listening to Right on Radio. Welcome to you, wherever part of the world you are in. I say good day to you. It's good morning here where we are in North America, but I can see there's people from around the world joining. So just good day to you. Yes. So happy to have everybody here. And what a great day. Like, it just feels like a lighter day than the rest of the week has been. And I can feel the Lord's power in that. Well, you know, we, we have bigger shows when we do the, uh, you know, the Intel stuff, but I'll tell you, this is my favorite show of the week, (laughs) you know, by hands down, hands down. Well, good morning to you. Uh, we're into revelation 20 and this is a short chapter, but it's very complex (laughs) to say the least. Um, I can tell you I spent about six hours studying for this on this chapter alone. And there are so many rabbit holes we could go down in it. Uh, I'm just going to quote some uh, passages uh, that you might want to compare to Scripture, but we're going to give you, uh, well, some of our interpretations, right or wrong, I'm going to give you at least what what I think and what I've searched out and what I believe to be true. Uh, however, uh, you know, uh, let God reveal it to you. Uh, I, I got to admit, Jesse, uh, just my, my eyes teared up during that shofar intro. I don't know yeah. what's happening. <laughs> it is Very super powerful. powerful. And speaking of super powerful, uh, it was inspired by, of course, watching Wall who blows the show far at the beginning of the uh, Saturday night Singapore prayer celebration that happens every Saturday night. Uh, it's unfortunate I was unable to make it last night as we had uh, plans booked for a couple weeks uh, for that, but I understand it was super powerful and... Uh, I, I, I'm going to be there next week. I, I know that I'm making, I'm making a date with it because <laughs> I wanted to be there. I tell you the truth. Yeah, absolutely. I have thoroughly enjoyed that prayer group and prayer time. It's so uplifting, so encouraging and, and you're dealing with advanced, you know, it's the advanced intercession. Mm. So there's just something so powerful about being a part of that. And We have, a powerful community that's making a difference in the world through that prayer session alone is making a difference in the world. I want you guys to know that. Um, and it's big. So I encourage you, if you haven't, uh, if you have not been to one of these, you're not obligated to step up and pray. Many people just sit back and listen. Uh, but we want to tell you that, uh, we want you to step out and pray. It's good for you to do that. It's good for you. Uh, it, it also edifies the body and edifies us. And, you know, um, one of the things that I've struggled with, I know other people probably have as well, is, you know, there's some real genuine prayer warriors that use all the right words and say the right things and know, but you just trust your spirit 
and pray. Like, you know, when I pray often, Jesse, you, you know, I just use everyday language, you know, yeah. this is, this is the way I think this is what God hears. So, you know, I'm not going to pretend to do anything else. So it doesn't have to be fancy. You don't have to step up, but you know, even if you, you know, got on there and said, you know, I, I pray for, uh, I pray for this world, you know, <laughs> and, and Lord remove the darkness, you know, and that was it. And well, man, it's so easy. Horrible. You know, I've got a great example. I had a, a few years back, a friend who was expecting her first baby. And I grew up with this person and, um, anyway, her dad ended up in the hospital and things were really not looking good. And, you know, when I was on my knees, I was so grieved. Like the only thing I could ask was, Lord, could you just let him live to hold and see his first grandchild? Mm. You know, it was so close. That's all I could pray. Well, the Lord not only healed him, and he got to hold and see and spend time with his first grandchild, but he lived long enough to see and hold all eight of his grandchildren. So the Lord multiplied that simple little prayer. Like that was the only words I could get out, but the Lord blessed it so much. Well, you know what? That gets a hallelujah. <laughs> 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 you actually found music to go with that, huh? <laughs> right on cue, right on cue. Hey, listen, uh, just before we uh, start the uh, the reading of the word here today, uh, just a little bit of cleanup stuff uh, as we're coming up towards the end of the year. Uh, Jesse and I will probably take a, a couple days off uh, during this. We really haven't discussed the, uh, the entire schedule uh, yet, but, uh, you know, uh, we want to put on maybe a little bit more lighthearted, uh, stuff over the holidays as well. Uh, just so you know, uh, going forward, we want to do some stuff and, you know, and just have some fun. Uh, but there will still be broadcasts. It probably won't be on the strict schedule that we, uh, we typically follow throughout the year, but, uh, we will be putting out content and even some repeats, uh, because, you know, Jesse has requested a couple episodes in particular, which I'm going to make happen. And they're probably some of the most requested episodes uh, that we've done and uh, and people have not been able to find them. And uh, so they're going to be reposted real soon. And by the way, Jesse, uh, the reason why I haven't sent those to you is I could not find my hard drive. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, we'll we pray you do. We well we, we, no uh, so I I didn't find it but my wife did, and it was right in front of my eyes. I just could not see it. Okay, <laughs> it's, just, it's like when I go into the pantry and I say, "Where is this?" Uh, it's right there. Oh, but yet I can see something two miles away. <laughs> you know, it's whatever. Uh, but <laughs> as we get uh, so, one of the things though that uh, that you're gonna take want to take uh, real interest in if you haven't signed up for the SOS Army, um, I'm going to encourage you to do that. And, you know, we don't spam you. We don't sell your stuff. We don't, I don't send out tons of advertisements or anything. I, th I think we haven't even sent an email out in over a month, you know, um, other than you'll get, uh, you'll get reminders when something goes out on Podbean, uh, it'll go out. So you won't miss something like the military analyst, for instance, which is, by the way, getting a lot of traction and it's bringing out newer audience to us uh one that you know perhaps has different beliefs than what we have uh jesse so 
that to me is opportunity, right? Yeah. Uh, we can weigh out some of the spiritual truths and let people discern and let God do his own ministering through the broadcast. Uh, so, uh, but speaking of the, uh, the military analyst, he has uh, given me what we call a bug, bug out bag preparation. It's a checklist that he recommends certain products. It's really comprehensive. And you know what? It's just a good idea to be prepared with something like this. Uh, and so before the end of the year, I'm going to be sending this out to everyone on the mailing list. Okay. So you'll want to make sure that, uh, uh, first of all, a lot of it will end up in maybe your spam folder or something like that. So you do want to check that. And, and I will announce when I send it out, but it'll be before the end of the month. So the link for the uh, the SOS Army is going to be down below in the uh, description box. And if you want to get that email, I'm going to be sending it out. It is, you know, a gift from uh, from the military analyst and from us at, uh, at Right On Radio. And I think you're going to really... Uh, enjoy it and see the the wisdom in it uh it's actually a collection of uh you know what you know not only the navy seals use and uh, like he breaks he, he combines all the branches of the uh you know army and stuff like that and uh, and puts it all into one so you're fully prepared uh i think you'll find it very very interesting yeah that's it's great to have and you know it's better to be prepared in some ways than to not have anything if something happens. So, well, to fail to plan is to plan to fail, right? Yeah. So they say, uh, let let he who has wisdom have wisdom. <laughs> All right, Jesse, let's get into the reading of the word. We've already discussed where the split will be. Of course, I'm giving Jesse the honor of of uh, reading the part where Satan's cast out because. <laughs> <laughs> Because she knows him better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> Although we, I, I, I probably voluntarily worked for him where you were forced. So that there's the this difference. Might be true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I have repented, ladies and gentlemen. I'll tell you that. <laughs> All right. So the thousand years. Uh, oh boy, this is this is going to be really interesting. A short chapter, but there's so much, and this is one of the greatest. Uh, mystery chapters that's debated by scholars uh, everywhere for a long time. So, all right, let me, we've already prayed, but God bless the reading of your word uh, today and let it go straight into the hearts and the souls of everyone listening. Chapter 20, and I saw an angel coming down out of heaven, having the key to the abyss and holding his hand a great chain, he seized the dragon, that ancient serpent who was the devil or Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. He threw him into the abyss and locked and sealed it over him to keep him from deceiving the nations anymore until the thousand years were ended. After that, he must be set free for a short time. I saw thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony about Jesus and because of the word of God. For they had not worshipped the beast or his image and had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came 
to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. And when the thousand years are over, Satan will be released from his prison. He will go out to deceive the nations in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, and to gather them for battle. In number, they are like the sand on the seashore. They marched across the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of God's people, the city he loves. But fire came down from heaven and devoured them. And the devil who deceived them was thrown into a lake of burning sulfur where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done and recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name is not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. There are so many major concepts in this chapter. Yeah. And and quite honestly, uh, there's... Obviously, throughout the Old and the New Testament, there's uh, more information on each of these concepts. Uh, but, you know, a lot of it is... Well, I, I wouldn't say it's a mystery uh, because God gives us everything we need to know, but we won't know everything. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, one thing I've shared on the program before, and I'm not going to get into the details of it, but when I was probably three or four years old in Christ, uh, I was brought up and walked with Jesus in the millennium and in his millennial reign. And I walked right beside him and walked down the street and we had a very specific conversation. So, you know, I guess I come at this from the point now, I haven't been into the throne room like Jesse has and things like that, but I have been to the millennium. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, uh, so I can speak of it and I really have a pretty clear picture in my mind of, of what it's like. And uh, so, Hmm. I'm just going to say that as a basis for some of my interpretations and uh, interjections that I'm going to give. But again, you know, read the Bible for yourself, let God uh, and the, reveal these truths through the Holy Spirit to you. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting. But All right, let's start breaking it down, Jesse. And I saw an angel coming down out of heaven, having the key to the abyss and holding in his hand 
a great chain. So let's just stop right there. When Jesus died on the cross, he went down to Hades and he took the keys mm -hmm. and he brought them back up to his kingdom. I think we can surmount that from this. Yes, that's what's commonly uh, taught by most scholars. And then he hands them to this angel. Yep, a special angel. And it's interesting, this angel has two things. He has the keys to the abyss, but he also holds this great chain. So think of, you know, power, dominion, authority. Um, this really starts to break down into, you know, the extent of what is Satan's power and authority? <laughs> you know, I see all the imagery in this that, you know, basically he's chained and an angel is holding that, one of his fellow peers. Well, and, and listen, when we're, when we pray and we bind these spirits, it's essentially a spiritual chain, right? Yeah. You're binding them. I, I don't know how else to, uh, to imagine it. Uh, we bind and loose through right. our prayers. So now who is this angel? Well, we, we know from revelation chapter nine, it's, uh, it's Apollyon or Abad Abaddon in the Hebrew, Apollyon in the Greek. Yes. And this has, uh, and because of some of the things that Jesse has shared with me, uh, this gives me a little bit of confusion, I gotta say. Uh, however, it's clear that this angel, uh, Abaddon, is responding to God's word, and it's also clear in Hebrew, uh, the name Abaddon means destruction. So God has used this angel for destruction. <clears throat> Excuse me. And and more times than just this, if you think of the Passover, for instance, right? Mm -hmm. Like th that was, you know, I'm I'm leaning towards saying that's Abaddon as it was an angel of destruction. Yeah, and that's a you know, it's very plausible. The other theory is some say that it's separate, that um, Abaddon is temporarily given those keys by uh, the Lord to open the abyss earlier in Revelations, and then they're given back, and this is another angel that has them. But logically, if you're reading through, you know the last one who had those keys was Abaddon. So it'd be logical to assume that he's the angel that has these. And, you know, I'm kind of in line with you on that, Jeff, that, um, you know, ultimately he's under God's sovereign control. Yeah. So, you know, the Lord has him playing a part in the destruction of the earth, in the destruction of mankind, also in the destruction of Satan's kingdom and Satan himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, as I say, it because the book of Revelation mirrors each other. So the first eleven chapters, uh, and then it repeats, you know, twelve through uh, twenty-two. And uh, yeah, in chapter nine, it was it was Abaddon or Apollyon. And again, you know, the first in my 
way of looking at it is the first 11 chapters of the book of Revelation is more from a worldly point of view. And then we get into the, the when it repeats itself, you see a little bit more into the heavenlies like we do in this chapter. Uh, this chapter is full of it. And um, also I want to point out uh, the word, the abyss. I want to point out that there is a difference because when we go, go to the lake of fire later on in the chapter, these are different places, and it's really important to understand that. Mm-hmm. All right. So he sees the dragon, that ancient serpent, who is the devil or Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. He threw him into the abyss and locked and sealed it over him to keep him from deceiving the nations anymore until the thousand years were ended. So again, he's thrown into this abyss, which I guess could be called Hades as well. Right. But it's a temporary holding cell, right? It's a thousand years. Yep. And it's sealed over to keep from, from deceiving the nations anymore. Which tells me that, you know, right now, because he's free, all the nations are deceived. Correct. And, you know, we can't believe a thing that's on the news right now. Well, he's held back the word of God. You know, there's been a, a great effort he's taken to remove the word of God from every single place he can, or even to, you know, change it to, you know, We've had Bible copies now that literally have no pronouns, you know, which it changes everything within that word. So, oh my goodness, that's disgusting. Well, God has preserved his word for us, and we thank him that we still have it and still have access to it. Yeah, absolutely. So, Satan is thrown into the abyss, and you got to remember, um, Last chapter, it was the Antichrist and the false prophet who were thrown in the lake of fire, right? Mm-hmm. So the lake of fire is different than the abyss. And what you're going to see, I, I believe, uh, by the end of this chapter, is if you're thrown in the lake of fire, there's no coming out. That's it. But what we see is the abyss and Hades is later moved and put into the lake of fire. Very interesting. Yeah, definitely. And and so there's people in, in Hades and that that are going to come out and they're going to go to the white throne of judgment. And then all of it is going to be moved into hell, essentially. But after that, and th- this is very interesting. Uh, so this is the, the last part of, uh, of verse three. After that, he must be set free for a short time. Yeah, that's the interesting part. Um, You know, some people have questioned and said, you know, the first part's already happened and we're in that thousand year period, you know, and, you know, that's why Satan is free. But, you know, that's not my understanding of this scripture. Um, this is something that is still to take place. 
Well, absolutely it is. Well, listen, Jesus isn't sitting on the throne and rule, ruling the world right now. Right. With a rod of iron, by the way. You know, uh, some of those, uh, you know, Old Testament laws, I think, other than the sacrifices and things like that, are coming back. You know, uh, yeah. God is going to be reigning, uh, and we're going to be reigning with him, by the way, and I'll be able to prove that as we go ahead. Uh, but he's going to be reigning. Uh, from and by the way, there are going to be regular people there still, mm-hmm. and that is why that he the enemy will be loosed for a short time, and you're going to see how it all makes sense by the end of this chapter, at least it, how how it makes sense to me, and you can tell me whether you agree or not. <laughs> um. <laughs> Sounds good. It is a difficult and complex chapter to go no. through. It is. All right. So I saw thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony about Jesus and because of the word of God. Actually, let me continue. It just ties in. They had not worshipped the beast or its image and had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Now, when I read this the first couple times, Jesse, I thought, well, hold on. Weren't we up there? He's only talking about people who who got beheaded. What if we don't get beheaded? Mm. Are we there with him? Yeah, it's, I think that next verse kind of answers that, that there is a temporary hold on some things. But I, I waver in this, you know, like there's things that I've seen, you know, even in scripture you have uh, when Jesus is crucified in the book of Matthew, it uh, tells us that um that literally the dead at that time rose um, and were up there. And you even have before that at the transfiguration, you know, the apostles see uh, Moses and Elijah and several times Jesus says, you know, I'm not the God of the dead. I'm the God of the living. So it implies that there's this community of those who have, you know, entered into heaven in their transformed bodies after their physical body dies and that they're up there living. So you have to ask like, why does this chapter differentiate um, some of the saints or those who have eternal life? So I just think it leaves it out. And I think it's just setting them aside because it's, you know, to be crucified for Christ in this world, you get it's kind of like getting a promotion in heaven. But if you go back to Thessalonians 3 and Thessalonians 4, uh, it clearly says, and all were raised up with him. Uh, so that's what they call the first resurrection. Uh, right. when you talk about the crucifixion, and yeah, all those bodies came out of the grave and walked into Jerusalem, for instance, uh, mm-hmm. and same with Lazarus and stuff like that, right. those were not resurrections, those were miracles. Because a resurrection means that you're never to die again. Those people died, like Lazarus died, right? So right. 
Um, so we're there. It just doesn't mention it here. But if you it, and I think it's First Timothy three uh, talks about it as well. Uh, Corinthians talks about it, but it's, it's all are there. And uh, and even in Matthew twenty four, you know, all were brought up to the to the uh, uh, to join him in the clouds. So essentially, there's three resurrections. The first resurrection, uh, and this is in. Corinthians chapter 15, I believe. The first resurrection is the first fruits, which is Jesus. Jesus rises up. He creates the new God-man. Then the first resurrection is when Jesus comes back in the clouds. The sun and the moon are darkened. You know, after the right after the tribulation, mm -hmm. the mark has come out. Sun and the moon are darkened. Jesus, the trumpet sounds. Jesus comes. We join him. That is the first resurrection. Now, what's important is there's one more resurrection, and that's at the end of the thousand years, and you're going to see that in this chapter. Hmm. I don't know if, you know, I guess I'm going to say I'm just still in a place of wrestling through this book, but that's a very plausible explanation. Um, yeah. But I yeah. still have to wrestle with that, you know. And look, I... I, I I sound pretty confident because I've done, I've spent a lot of time in this, uh, but it's quite possible. I, you know, I'm going to wrestle with it and change my mind. <laughs> so uh, right. what Jeff says is not the gospel truth. What God says is the gospel truth. Yeah, absolutely. All right. But you know what? You tune into the show um, and I put a lot of work into this. And so I just want to share, you know, that mm -hmm. that's, what it comes down to, because, you know, why, why else would you tune in if it's just, uh, you know, reading or, you know, we're not giving our thoughts on it. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. So they came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. So this is what I'm talking about. Why there yeah, has the to be first. a second resurrection. We were part of the first that's going to be the second resurrection. Okay. Now the but second it literally says, Jeff, this is the first resurrection. So that's okay. part of the questioning, you know, but that's okay. We'll keep going. We've put it out there and now we can all wrestle with it. Yeah. So, well, so here's the, here's how I differentiate it, Jesse. Um, when Jesus comes in the clouds, do the uh, we go up and join him? Yes. Okay. And so all the saints who died before this, who had accepted Christ and followed in his way, also join up because the dead in Christ rise first and then those who are living go up to join him as well. Here it's saying... The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. Because that's when they go to the throne of judgment. Which right. we have at the end of the chapter. Um, so, so that's, and by the way, that's why that part is a five, you know, the first part of uh, verse five is in brackets. It's separating it out. Uh, it's in right. brackets in my I should have mentioned that. So without reading the brackets, I'll, I'll say it this way. Uh, they came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Verse five. 
um, this is the first resurrection. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but the part in brackets is the rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. So right. that's like kind of a, like a future marker, you might say. Yeah. So we're on the same page. So here's the one. Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. Jesse, you are blessed and holy. Thank you. So are you, Jeff. Because <laughs> we and, know we shall be there. And you know, I think it's good um talk about, you know, how do we have that assurance? How do we know um, that we'll be there? And, and scripture is very easy um, with this. You know, I grew up in churches that kind of preached a I'll just say, you know, their gospel message was based on the fact that, you know, if you had any sin, that you could not enter into heaven at all or be in God's presence. So, you know, what it led to was this um, meticulous perfectionism where any little sin that you had in your life, you immediately feared that you would lose that salvation. And you just felt insecure all the time. So I really wrestled with this for years. You know, I was the, even as a smaller child, anytime there was an altar call, you know, I was up there confessing my sins, giving my life to Jesus, pleading my way into heaven. And so finally the Lord decided, hey, Jess, this needs to be broken. And, uh, you know, I didn't know at the time what he was working on. You know, I just was going to work. And every time I went to work, I would spend time reading scripture like an hour beforehand. So, you know, I, I opened my Bible like I usually did in the morning. And the Lord told me to turn to Romans 6. And so I started reading that and stuff. And anyway, for like three months, the Lord had me in Romans 6, Romans 6, Romans 6, like every morning. And I started to get ornery about it where I was like, okay, Lord, like, I'm not seeing what you want me to see in this. Like, you know, and then I wrestled to the point where towards the end of that three months, you know, I, I literally got very adamant and I said, Lord, I'm done. I'm not going to read Romans 6 again. Tomorrow, if you tell me to open to this chapter, I'm going to rebel. And I was like, I, I don't know what you want me to get out of this. And it was that morning as I read it, all of a sudden the words popped out. You know, if you have died with Christ, we have therefore been raised to new life with him. And all of a sudden there was this aha moment. Like I physically saw that, you know, myself dying with him and being raised to new life. And I knew it was based on that moment I believed that I believed he died and resurrected. And all of a sudden I saw myself with him, you know, that literally he raised me with him. And I was like, Oh my gosh, it's a one time deal. The moment I believe no man can undo that. I've literally raised to life with him. There's no more death, you know, it's already been overcome. So how can I do it again and again and again? I can't. 
And so that's what it took for the Lord to give me that assurance of salvation. And I would just encourage anybody who struggles with that, you know, repent, let go of, of that, uh, you know, works salvation, because there's nothing you can do to earn it. There's no way you can undo any of the sins or the things you've done wrong. All we have to simply do is just confess it every time, you know, confess and believe that his work is complete, that when he died for you, he also raised you to new life. And it's his work alone, nothing that you can do or anybody else can do. Yeah. And, and actually this, uh, this chapter proves exactly what you just said there, Jesse. And, you know, yeah. so I'm just, I'm just curious, was the message to, uh, wait a certain amount of time, then rebel against God. So we'll give you the answer. <laughs> no, that was not the message. Jeff. <laughs> that hasn't worked out so well for me in the past. <laughs> me either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, apparently uh, he still has the ability to spank his children. <laughs> And, he does. He gets his point uh, across, huh? And I, I, I get those from time to time. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, so let me just finish off that because I never finished that uh, that verse six. Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. So because we are part of that first resurrection, we're going to be ruling and reigning with God in the thousand years. The difference is death has no hold over us. We will be in our immortal body. Mm -hmm. What's interesting here, and this is why I, I that part that was in brackets where the dead will have to come up in the second resurrection because there's still people on earth. God has not totally wiped out the earth with his wrath at this point. Right. Okay. That's, that's really key because who are we going to reign over if there isn't people here? So Jesus is on the throne. We're his commanders. We're his governors. We're whatever title he wants to give us, but we're ruling and reigning in his kingdom. So very, yeah, very I would propose to that question, Jeff, you know, who are we reigning over? Uh, we know that in that last scene in the battlefield that Satan gathers his entire army, which is, you know, fallen angels on top of the generals, the leaders, the kings of the earth. So that's who's gathered to that field. So I would propose that those who are left are those who didn't gather on the field because they weren't generals, kings, leaders. But you also have Satan's army, the other fallen angels, who it doesn't say that they're not present on this earth anywhere. So in the back of my mind, I have that question, you know, will we be even reigning in a miraculous display of authority over these other uh, fallen angels. Yeah. Well, I, I believe we are. Uh, but the thing is, there's going to be all these people living through the thousand years who have the free will choice. But the yeah. difference is Jesus is here reigning. And then you're thinking, well, if Jesus is sitting there reigning, everyone's going to follow him. Of course, he just he's done all this stuff. 
but look at what he did the first time he came. And there's a lot of people who didn't believe him, right? Right. Uh, and that's why we go into Gog and Magog, which is the finality of it, uh, you know, yeah. essentially, which is what Jesse was just alluding to. So when the thousand years are over, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out and deceive the nations in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, and gather them to battle. So there it is. You know, he gets out. And so after the end of the thousand years, I, I we don't know how many years it's going to be after the thousand years. But after a thousand years, the devil comes out and he starts deceiving people again. Right. And what's that deception going to be? Well, we don't know, but it's probably the same old tricks, right? Right. He's been doing the same right. things forever. He's probably going to come back and say, he's an imposter. He's ruled over you the rod of iron. You don't have to do this. Do what thou wilt. You are God. You know, that's probably what he's going to say. And he's going to convince yeah. people of it because, you know, he'll probably come up as beautiful and he'll claim to be the real Christ, you know? <laughs> I think that's exactly what's what his plan is, Jeff. Yeah, and, and so that's really conjecture. Obviously, that's a long time in the future we're trying to look here, but yeah. <laughs> but again, so now we've got this big battle of Gog and Magog. And by the way, I don't know how many times I've seen preaching on Gog and Magog is about to happen. Um, mm -hmm. No, it happens at the end of the thousand years. So you know. When you hear that, and I think I've heard some big names even talk about it, like John Hagee and stuff like that, mm. and uh, like it's right around the corner. Uh, no, it's here in Revelation 20, at the end of the thousand years. And, and so again, much like Armageddon, um, you know, God gives it a verse and just wipes them out. But this is like the, right. the, the finality. Now all evil is gone, is my interpretation. Yeah. The... Everything is is made clean, and we see that in the next couple chapters that that comes out. Yeah, well, the next chapter might be one of my favorites in the entire Bible, <laughs> so it's it's going to be a lot of fun. All right, so when the thousand years are over, Satan will be released from the prison. He will go out and deceive to the corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, and to gather them for battle. In number, they are like the sand on the seashore. So there's a lot there jesse yeah, they marched they march across the breadth of the earth and they surrounded the camps of god people the city he loves but <laughs> i just i let, just love it when they put a butt in text <laughs> it's, it's 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 this easy for god yeah but fire came down from heaven and devoured him <laughs> you know it wasn't like it was a lengthy battle they pushed in they flanked the city and god counteracted here and everything it's like nah, i'm just gonna throw hailstones <laughs> yeah. they just surrounded it and they surround the camp the city he loves and fire came down and devoured them that's it yep so you know, I just find it so amazing. Like, you know, we've, as I, as I mentioned last week, so much attention's put, oh, Armageddon and then Gog and Magog. He, he does, in fact, he doesn't even give it an entire verse. It's half a verse he gives it here. Right? Yeah, I just wipe them out. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's it. 
And, you know, after that, the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur where the beast and the prophet had been thrown and they are tormented day and night forever and ever. Okay. So remember the prophet and the AC, they're humans, right? Right. They were thrown into the lake of fire right away last chapter. But the mm-hmm. devil was put aside because the devil still has to fulfill God's purpose, you might say. Right. But now, you know, they're thrown in there. And 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 when it says we'll be tormented uh, day and night forever and ever, does that sound like there's going to be a break after 10,000 years, after a million years? Nope. No. I believe it's eternal forever. It's eternal. Yep. All right. And then... This is this is cool. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and the books were opened and another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. Actually, I'm just going to keep going here uh, because we'll tie all this in. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and the death and Hades gave up the dead. So again, that's separate from the lake of fire. Mm -hmm. And death and Hades gave up the dead, and they were judged in them. Each person was judged according to what they had done. All right. So what do you see here, Jesse? Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's interesting that this, it happens in the great white throne, which often is, you know, considered the uh, biggest throne of God where the courtroom proceedings happen. Um, So, you know, you've got stadiums of angels upon angels that gather in that place. Um, but it's interesting that, uh, the earth and the heavens fled from his presence and there was no place for them. You know, I have to ask, you know, at this point is the courthouse cleared, you know, and each one is brought one by one before him for that judgment, or, you know, will we all be in there and see, but Clearly, it says the earth and the heavens fled from his presence. Yeah. Um, well, you know, it could you know be what? like a, a vanishing, like the earth and the heavens just kind of drift away. And all you have is that courtroom, you know, because it says there is no place for them. So, you know, is it that at this point, you know, everything is just brought to that singular place? That's also what that could mean. Well, you know, it's, uh, so the earth and the heavens fled from them. We, I guess we're like, would, could you imagine being there? And so anyone who's going up to this white throne of judgment has already been judged. Make, make no mistake. They're, they're dead. They're going into the fire. Okay. Um, so, you know, you wouldn't want to see your loved one there. I don't know. Just a thought. Um, and and the other thing is like we, we don't mix with them because we've been purified and you know God's going to do his uh, his 
righteous and just judgment. And so the key to it is, you know, in verse 12, I saw the dead, great and small. Jesus is not Lord of the dead, right? Uh, that's true. That's a good point. So, you know, they were standing there and the books were open, and the, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. So can you get to heaven by works? Well, Jesse, you already answered that. And of course right. not. So these are people who did not accept Jesus and thought, you know, some people, well, I followed uh, this other God, you know, mm-hmm. all right, I did yoga and I was at peace, you know, um, these people who their works aren't going to do it. Right. Just yep. only the know. salvation, the belief in Jesus Christ that he died for our sins and he rose from the dead to raise us also from the dead. That is the only way he is the way that is it. Yep. And the sea gave up the dead that were in it and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them and each person was judged according to what they had done. So you got to remember, so right now we've got the prophet, the false prophet and the antichrist in the lake of fire. Mm-hmm. But all the other people who are dead are in this other hell, you might say Hades, right? So they are brought up from Hades because, you know, to be absent from the body is to be with the Lord or to be in hell. Is the way I understand it. So, you know, these people are in hell, but they're brought up and they're judged. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I see uh, Brad brought out a good question. He said, so why, why judge their lives? Like if they're already dead, they're already condemned. Why does God go through this courtroom procedure? Yeah, you, you got to ask him. <laughs> but, well, listen, um, if, if God models anything for us, so, you know, if uh, if someone is charged with murder, for instance, well, not in the United States right now, of, of course, but if someone typically is charged with murder or, you know, heinous crimes, uh, they're put into prison and they await trial. I think it has to do with a combination of the physical and the spiritual together that, you know, really what what's happening or taking place is that second death, which is a, it's not only a physical death, but it's a spiritual death. Yeah. You know, it means that you don't get that glorified transformed body uh, because you have not believed in the one who, you know, dwells with you and makes that transformed body it has to intricately do with the fact that we are part of christ and so you have to have that covering of god over you which is part of that transformation that entanglement which originally was there god dwelling at every level even a quantum level with us and so you know, think about that, that, um, you know, if God is in and, and is a part of everything, these individuals, you know, all of us at a point, we've chosen to entangle with sin and bring that into, we'll call it the fellowship circle with God. You know, we've brought tainted sin in that circle. 
And in order for that perfect cleansing work, you know, it only comes through Christ. We have to be willing to be rid of that sin. These individuals were not. Therefore, there comes that moment where literally the Lord says, you know, I do not know you go back into Genesis. What's one of the main words, you know, when Satan tempted Adam and Eve, you will know good from evil. You will be like God. And then the, the Lord brings it out further, you know, in Genesis that that concept of knowing that there, that's that intimacy that takes place between a man and a woman, that sacred union. So now at the judgment, when the Lord says, I do not know you it means there's no intimacy, there's no fellowship, there's no commitment of that, you know, that marriage commitment. And literally, there's, you know, I believe it's what Jesus ultimately experienced on the cross, where right before he died, he cried out, Father, you know, why have you forsaken me? And the Lord literally removes his presence from these people. And that's part of that second death, that soul, that body cannot exist without, without God. Um, and that's part of the eternal torment is that, you know, everything of, of God is removed and taken from them. And, uh, you know, there, that's the forever torment. Um, so that's kind of how I, interpret or see that yeah well I, I agree with it uh except you know what we learned in the previous chapters is even though they're you know down and they're they're in the presence of the angels still they can see it um uh, they can see but they can't do anything so that's part of the torment yeah and uh and so then death and hades were thrown into lake of fire so this is god's relocation service yeah. And uh, anyone whose names were not written in the book of life was thrown in the lake of fire. Done. Mm -hmm. Evil eradicated Jesse. Hallelujah. <laughs> Judgment. Yes. Mm. But, you know, we we don't want anyone to end up there. And neither does God, by the way. Uh, God does not desire anyone to fall away. He wants everyone to come uh, into the faith and stop being deceived by Satan because no matter what uh, what religion you're in, and I want to qualify that, what religion, uh, you know, there's only one faith. There's a bunch of religions. There's a bunch of works. None of it's going to get you there. Mm -hmm. um, are we faith fundamentalists on this? Uh, yeah, because Jesus said so. It's really, really that simple. And his word is alive. His spirit is alive. Um, hundreds of millions of people around the world have had a supernatural born-again experience, if not billions. So we're not wrong. You know, I don't see the other faiths talking about this, uh, you know, great born-again experience, you yeah. know. Uh, other than the, other than Satan's army, they they try to do this immortal thing that we're discussing on our other shows, but it's just a, it's just a counterfeit. Yeah, there's no life transformation. 
no separation from you know the wickedness and the sin. So, Jesse, would you lead a, a sinner's prayer? You know, if there is one person, if there's two people that are there who have not accepted salvation, look, you don't want to end up in the lake. This isn't fire and brimstone uh, preaching. It's just rather you'd run to accept life because being a good person isn't going to get you there. And I'm sure you are a good person, but it's not going to get you there. So if you have not said it, listen, it's almost inconceivable how easy this is. But then the work starts where you just have to believe, believe that you said this prayer, believe that the prayer had a supernatural effect, and then you'll start to realize the fruit of it as God starts to work uh, in you as things go forward. So, Jesse, if you could lead someone in a sinner's prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, we know that your word says that you loved us so much that you came, you died, you were crucified on the cross to take that payment of our sins that was due. Your word says that all of us have sinned. We all fall short. But Lord, we just come on bended knee. We ask that you would forgive us our sins, that you would cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we ask that you would raise us to new life in you. We believe that only you have the power and the ability to wash our sins away. And in fact, your word says that you violently take them by force and remove them from us, and you cast them as far as the east is from the west from us. Lord, we believe that. We believe. And we ask that you would do that great work in our lives, that you literally would violently hunt out our sins and remove them from us, and that you would put us in that place of righteous standing, um, that you would display the beauty that you've given to each of us as your bride. We thank you for this in your powerful name, Jesus. Amen. In the name of Jesus. And listen, if you just said that prayer with Jesse, uh, please let us know. Uh, put something in the comments. Send an email to writeonjeff at gmail.com. Just let us know so we can pray for you. And uh, and we can keep record of it because we, we do like to... Uh, to know that we're being effective for God's using us and uh, glory to his name. Hey, uh, listen, just before we go, a couple things. Uh, I'm just noticing Reverend Joe Sackett uh, didn't mention his uh, his Saturday night sermon last night. Uh, great job, Joe. And I guess he learned from the uh, time previous, Jesse, he had uh, joined singing poor prayer for about 10 minutes written on the bottom of the screen at the end. <laughs> yeah, that was meant to be just light joking, but no, Joe's doing an amazing job. He's been a great asset to the team and I've, I have to still watch the one from last night, but I've been enjoying it <coughs> every week. He's been up and does a great job in just going through scripture and very powerful presentation of that. So thank yeah. you for doing that, Joe. I've certainly been getting fed off of it <laughs> yeah. and reading a lot of scripture like that. And I think that's one of the things that uh, it just makes it so perfect for, for this ministry is, mm-hmm. you know, we really believe in just getting the word of God out and letting people digest yeah. it for themselves. And, you know, that's what I loved about the word up thing. Even, you know, it was just the word of God It would, you know, let people 
get it the way the way it comes. But yeah, great job, Joe. Uh, thank you for doing that, and thank you for uh, for showing up. And uh, one other thing, just I, I was catching up on the chat uh, channel on Telegram uh, early this morning, and uh, I guess I was catching up from last night, and there was quite a bit of discourse in the chat to say the least. Um, I just want to say, uh, listen, some of it got a little bit personal and went a little bit over the line, um, but having discourse is great. That's the way we get to answers. So I just want to ask, if you have a different opinion, never make it personal. Just stick to the subject matter, okay? Uh, because we learn from each other uh, in this manner. Uh, listen, Jesse and I have discourse off the air all the time <laughs> and, yeah. and, uh, and, and she turns out to be right most of the time. So I'll <laughs> give her that. <laughs> well, I learned a, a powerful, uh, tool in, in conflict resolution and it works, whether it's in your home, whether it's at work, whether, you know, it's in your church, but keep your focus on the problem and attack the problem not people. That's so right. when we apply that, you know, keep that in the back of your mind. What's the problem and how can you attack the problem and not each other? You know, how can you persuade men if you're attacking them and they're on the defense, either, you know, they've got to go on the offense, they've got to go on defense, or they've got to remove themselves from the situation. And how do you win somebody, you know, or suede them if you believe you fully have the truth, if you put them in that position, you can't. So um, therefore you have to keep the focus on the problem in order to win the hearts of men. And and listen, none of us are perfect. Uh, that's for sure. But uh, Jesse and I actually try to lead by example in this. For instance, uh, we've been taking on the great apostasy and the Jesus strand. And, and you guys know some of the names of the people who are pitching that stuff. We're not calling them out by name. We care about those people. We want those people yeah. uh, to be, to, to learn the difference, but we attack the message because, That's right. well, we're both fighters. <laughs> well, we want the truth to be out there, but at the same time, we want, you know, to bring that truth out and present it in a way that, you know, that others then will see, hey, this is the truth. And so um, it's important, you know, our, we love people and our goal is not to, you know, I guess as we described today in that revelation scene, when you think of, you know, I, I would encourage people to spend this week in prayer, thinking about that thought, the moment the Lord says to somebody, I do not know you. And you know, when you really think about that, um, you know, in my perspective, you know, I've stood among those who were Satan's top in his army, you know, people who have dedicated 70 or more years to serving the enemy. And, you know, I know the truth that he, Satan has no intention of giving these people anything good at all. You know, no. in the end, all they get is death. This is the truth. In the end, after all that service, after everything they've done, 
all they get is death. And it's a horrific death. And Satan's going to stand there with a smirk on his face, knowing that he deceived them, that he got them, and that he is going to delight in their eternal torture. Now, you don't wish this on your worst enemy. You just don't. I, I mean, it would make me cry as a child. You know, I've spent my entire life praying for these people at the very top. You know, I saw those almost moments, those wrestlings where they would almost turn to God so many times, or they almost walked away from the ritual. They almost walked away from their life of sin. And I'm tired of those almost, you know, let it's time we grab them by the seat of their pants and pull them out of the fire and say, here's the truth. We're going to give you the full gospel. Jesus loves you. Every sin can be forgiven. And all you have to do is turn away. And it's time for the church to bring that cleansing, that restoration, that renewal, because it's not meant to be a, well, you know, they've committed a sin now where they need to be shunned forever from the body of Christ. No, that's not the way the power of God works. He is so powerful that when he forcefully removes our sins from us, they're gone. And as his body, we can no longer look at our brother and say, in the back of our heads, there's a sin that taints you, that keeps you from being a part of us, that separates us. That's not the way it works. Not the way it works. That's that's a good message, Jesse. And I, I actually really believe that uh, many of them are going to come to that realization and come out of that system. Uh, because yeah, you know, I do believe in that we're, we're not the only ones being awakened, <laughs> you know. I think it's kind of around the world, and you know, yeah. the great harvest has got to be great for a reason, it's uh, it's <laughs> going to be all encompassing. So, that's uh, right, you know, I'm trusting God for that, and that's right, we don't want anyone to, to go down that hole. But you know, just getting back to the point, we don't attack the people, we uh, we just right. You know, we just attack the message and, you know, the deception is going to be great, um, you know, because of Jesse's experience and what I'm learning from her. Uh, we're able to convey the message about what the great deception will be. So you will not be deceived because it will be a great deception. That's right. That's what we push, you know, the 66 books in scripture. Um you know, devote yourselves to really being in the word, to really knowing it, to really understanding it, uh, because that's that's the key to not being deceived in these last days. That's it. You won't know a counterfeit unless you study the real thing. So, that's right. Hey, listen, thank you, everyone, for being here. Uh, listen, please hit that like button. It takes really no effort. Uh, if you could hit the like button, we certainly would appreciate it. And uh, God bless each and every one of you. Uh, actually, what's the date? Are we here next Sunday, Jesse? I don't believe so. I think next Sunday we're off because of That's Christmas. That's Day, isn't it? Yeah, and then we'll be back the following week. Right. Okay. So you know what? Maybe, maybe, and I'm just pulling this out of the hat. If uh, if a couple people want to do a word up and pre-record them and get them to me, 
you know, maybe we'll put something oh, that's on. That's a great idea. Yeah, then we could still have something that we release on Sunday. That'd be great. Yeah, yeah, that would be good. And, maybe we uh, could do it. Uh, people reading their favorite uh, passage about Jesus's birth or Christmas. Love it. Love it. Yeah, and and if they're short and there's a whole bunch, maybe we'll throw a whole bunch together. Uh, you know, that'd be kind of right. cool. Sounds good. And if we got singers out there, maybe we could put some hymns or some Christmas carols in there too. We'll take yep. recordings of that as well. Or uh, when you were talking earlier, Jesse, uh, blessed assurance. That would be a good one to put in. <laughs> that would be. <laughs> you know, uh, considering the uh, the topic of the day. Uh, listen, uh, well, we'll be back uh, not on Tuesday, I guess, uh, for sure. We'll be back on Tuesday. And then we're going to kind of go from there. We haven't worked out the uh, the entire schedule yet. But as I say, we'll keep some content coming your way. And I'll be putting some older episodes that are rarities that you can't find and things like that. Uh, I'll just let you know out of the gate. One of the most re requested ones is uh, Jonah in the Belly of the Beast. Uh, so I will be putting that one out uh, sometime over the holidays and as long with, with follow-up episode and everything else. So uh, and final word, Jesse. Be in the word. And uh, again, we'll just say this is the greatest time to really be involved in community engagement. It is. And no matter what you think about Christmas, uh, there is God's spirit is present uh, at this time. There's no doubt about it because even a lot of non-believers are calling on him and celebrating him. And, and I think I'm not the only one who feels something different at this time of year. So take yeah. advantage of it. Take advantage of the openness in other people around you to, uh, you know, just to show them that you love your God, you love your family, you love your neighbor, and you're going to make a difference in your community.